White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 650. Welcome once again to Open Wheel, the White Rocket Entertainment, IndyCar, and Formula One podcast. I am your host, Van Allen Plexico, and I'm joined as always by my co-host for this series, Alan J. Porter. Welcome back aboard, Alan. Thank you, Van. It's uh, good to be talking racing again. It's been a while since we've done yeah. this. Well, we, you and I do a number of shows, most notably the James Bond shows for the On Her Majesty's Secret podcast, but every now and then we get together to talk about, uh, for White Rocket here, what's going on in IndyCar and Formula One, and... Not only have we had an interesting season in good and bad ways, I think, on the track, but there's been a lot of stuff off the track worth getting into tonight, don't you think? Particularly in the last week, yes. Oh, <laughs> Lord. The, the F1 summer break, I think, has been as interesting as the 11 races up, up to the break, don't you? That's, that's for sure. I I always uh, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm an avid watcher of David Land's YouTube channel, and because he's kind of like the CNN of IndyCar, and um, he's just been like on, <laughs> like there's a it's like turning on CNN during a political convention. He's on every ten minutes with a new update. Like y'all aren't gonna believe this. <laughs> so this has been quite the uh, quite the last couple of weeks to keep track of everything. And there's been a lot of deja vu. Would you say? Certainly, yes. A lot of commonality between the two series. It's, um, yeah. And, the, and the, the link seems to be a little papaya orange team. Yeah. They yeah. seem to be the common link that's joining all this strange stuff together. So I'm sure we will get into that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. So the way that Alan and I usually do this, this is probably our what fourth, fifth year that we've covered these, uh, these two racing series is that we usually start with Formula One, kind of talk about whatever we need to, need to cover in that series, and then we'll go over IndyCar and finish up with that. Um, so, um, but before we get started, I'll just point out that uh, all White Rocket Entertainment shows are presented commercial-free, and if you want to help to keep them that way, then go to our Patreon. Uh, just go to patreon.com and look for White Rocket or Van Allen Plexico. Either one will get you there. Um, and and join up, and that way we can continue to do shows with no commercials. Because I'm a big fan of not having commercials, other than me saying, "Here's how to not have commercials." Right. <laughs> so this is my non-commercial commercial. All right. So so this um, is the sponsorship-free car at the back of the grid. Yes, it is. Yes, it's, <laughs> it, it's the it's the our, White Rocket is kind of the Green Bay Packers of podcasts in that we're not owned by anybody. We're kind of owned by everybody that listens and wants to contribute a little bit. So go to patreon.com and just look for uh, White Rocket or Van Plexico. Yeah, it's kind of hard to miss us, and uh, and there you go. Well, um, maybe we could have could have persuaded Lewis Hamilton to take some of that money he just put into the Denver Broncos to uh, <sighs> <laughs> to helps pay for our podcast. You know, I'm glad you mentioned, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Lewis because my wife follows him on Instagram and everything. She follows him more from an entertainment perspective and and his dog, you know, he's a, she's mm-hmm. a big fan of his dog. We like his dog and, and Simon Pagino's dog, Norman. And um, 
she was saying, make sure to tell Alan that he's going to be on that that Al, Lewis, not Alan, that Lewis Hamilton is going to be on the cover of Vanity Fair in September. Is he? Oh, that's interesting because I actually on YouTube this morning came across a thing that he did for Vanity Fair's YouTube channel. Ah. it's him basically talking about seven hype. They sort of threw up like seven random pictures from various points of in his life going back to him being like 10 years old and stuff and had him talking about them and it was a, it was a it was an interesting sort of 15 minutes insight into him um, uh, and what makes him tick so i guess that's connected to the vanity fair article as well so. well yeah because she said that the quote that he said on the little ad for it was that he went really in depth in this interview so okay so must yeah open up open up yeah. about a lot of stuff so that'll be interesting yeah. to see and i tell you i saw the cover and he is looking stylish. We, in fact, we had a little conversation. I said, I said, I said, there are some Formula One drivers I can totally see, and Lewis being number one among those that that like is the most stylish. It's just the Europeans by and large, um, and most of them are. But uh, like, I could see Gasly or uh, Leclerc being all debonair and everything. I said, but there, there's other drivers though I can't really see doing that. Like Max Verstappen, I don't see on the cover of Vanity Fair, like in the <laughs> slick latest fashions, you know, they're, they're different types. You know what I mean? They're yeah, just I, different. Get, I, I think Max has his own clothing line, but, you know, um, I think Faltieri Botas seems to be the, the, the bucket hat model at the moment. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I know what you mean. They're, yeah, there's different yeah. types, different types. Yeah, and, and, different and types. I don't, I don't know that any of the IndyCar guys would look, <laughs> would look good on the, <laughs> on the cover. Um in fact, I remember seeing an IndyCar T-shirt at the at the at the race a couple of years ago that said IndyCar, um, like too refined for NASCAR, too crude for opera, something like that, which I thought was a <laughs> kind of kind of set to yeah, yeah. NAS, NASCAR is what I meant, right? Yeah, too too yeah. refined for NASCAR, too crude for opera, something somewhere in yeah. I thought that was a good, good way to put <laughs> something it. Something in the middle, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Formula One. What do you think? Okay, so we talked about before we went on air, maybe uh, looking at the standings. So we are at the summer break, uh, the mandatory summer break. So we've had 11 races so far. Um, we're not going to – we were just talking about this. I don't think we're going to go back and try and remember what happened in each of the, the races. No. I think what we'll do is talk about the teams. So we'll go through the current Constructors' Championship standings, team by team, starting at the bottom and working our way up and talk about the team and the drivers and – what we're thinking about each of them as we go up. Yeah, does that sound good? Yeah, and let me run some trends by you first. Um, okay. Because these, these are not team-specific. This is just like some interesting things I noted looking through the current standings and all. So, And feel free to comment, jump in on any of them that you think are, are worth, all right? There have been 13 races so far, and Max has oh. won more than half. He's won eight of the 13. Um this to me is Lewis Hamilton level dominance, and I was going to ask you first: Did we see this coming? I mean, I think at the end of last year we felt like that there was going to be a Max Lewis rivalry, but did anybody see a Max domination coming? And especially even after the first race this year. Uh, well, first off, I clearly can't count because I said eleven races to the break, and it's thirteen. You are correct. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so my bad. It is thirteen races. Um, no, I don't think we saw this at the beginning of the year. Um, I think, and we'll get into this when we get into the teams, but for, I think Ferrari have basically shot themselves in the foot. Um, Again, yeah. Um, but pretty much after the first three races, 
uh, you know, after the first three races, what Charles had an 80 point lead or something like that. I mean, something he'd won crazy. two, second in one, Max had won one, but not finished one and been like 19th in the other or something. So, yeah, they, you know, Red Bull had a poor start to the season. So did Mercedes. It looked like it was going to be Ferrari all the way. Um, and for now, Max to be in a position where he could literally not turn up for the next three races and still, still be in the lead. Still be in the lead, I know. I don't think any of us saw that coming, no. No. But, I mean, not just at the beginning when it looked like Ferrari was winning. I just mean, did anybody think Max was going to dominate in Lewis Hamilton style going out of the end of last year? Because he won last year, but it was razor thin. It wasn't like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. But I think it, it, he's. I think now he's got a championship under his belt. The yeah. rough edges have been taken away, and maybe we'll talk a bit more about yes. it as we get to talk about him later on. But uh, yeah, no, I don't think anybody, including Red Bull or Max, saw this level of domination. No, no. I at the end of last season, I thought it was fifty-fifty that that he would be, you know, in the fight this far in. I never would have dreamed he would have almost have it locked up at the halfway point. That's that just blows my mind. So. All right. Um, the other five wins that were not Max, uh, Leclerc three, Checo one, and Signs one. And that's it. Yeah. So it's eight to three Max over Leclerc. That's crazy. Red. Bu- Here's another one. Red Bull have had a car finish first or second in every race except the first one. They've had a car finish first or second in every race except the first one. So if you're wondering why they're pulling away in the uh, constructors, I think that's a big sign, right? That's that's pretty impressive. First or second in every race but one. Yeah. Uh, Mercedes. Now, why are Mercedes about to catch Ferrari? Mercedes have had a car finish in the top five in every race. Not just a car. At least the one. Same dr- the same driver well, in the top race except for one race. Yeah, and that one Lewis did. So that's what I mean is yeah, that one yeah, of yeah. theirs has been in the top, at least one, yeah. if not both yeah. cars, in the top five in every race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Checo, Sergio Perez, has finished second five times. So we get on him for not being quite as dominant as Max, but he's finished second five times. That's pretty good. Um, Lewis has finished on the podium in the last five races in a row after only getting there one time before that. So Mercedes have really improved. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, George Russell has finished in the top five in every race but one, and in every race he finished, and, and, and he's finished in the top five in every race he's finished. Yeah. So he hasn't finished below fifth other than to not finish. Um uh, Carlos Sainz has finished in the top five in every race he's finished, but he didn't finish four of the races, which goes a long way to explaining why he's further down and why Ferrari's further down. Um, together, the two Ferrari drivers have retired from seven races. That's not good. Wow. That's not good for being in competitive no. space. No. Um, this one surprised me. Fernando Alonso has finished in the top 10 in the last eight races in a row. Whoa. It's been a while yes, since he, he could say that. Yeah, he has. Yeah. It's been a while since he could say that. Kevin Magnussen has finished in the top 10 five times, one time more than Daniel Ricciardo. So look uh-huh. at Magnus, look at K-Mag and Haas. How about that? Oh, yeah. And, Haas are doing good. Yeah. We'll and then we're going to talk about Ricciardo. That's a whole other story. Um, get this. Here's a really weird one. I'm almost to the end, but this is a really weird one. Lance Stroll has finished in the top 10 four times, and yet he's only in 18th place. 
How could he finish in the top 10 four times and only be in 18th place? Because all four times were 10th place. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't finished higher than 10th. So, uh. um, And then the last one, uh, for this season, there are four Mercedes-powered teams, three Ferrari, two Honda Red Bull, and one Renault. So... Um, Mercedes continues to be the, 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 the leading manufacturer of engines, but not the one that is doing the best right now. So do we see another engine manufacturer coming anytime soon? Isn't, uh, somebody getting involved in, in, uh, Audi getting involved with somebody? Well, there's, there's two, um, two rumors of two, um, but they're both part of the Volkswagen Audi group. One is Audi, um, one is Porsche, um, right. So the rumor was Porsche were going to buy into Red Bull, but Red Bull just upped with re-upped with Honda again till the end of 2025. Hmm. But there's new engine rigs coming in in 2026. So the feeling is that maybe Porsche will buy into Red Bull for 2026, and that Audi may or may not buy a complete team, uh, probably the Sauber Alfa Romeo team. The one that Andretti tried to buy into. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Saba just re up with Alfa Romeo for next year as well. So, uh, but that's just a branding exercise. It's not an actual engine exercise. So, right. yeah, the two that are sort of sniffing up. So, there's three teams trying to get uh, being talked about to um, join the grid, and that's Porsche as an engine supplier, Audi probably as a team, manufacturer team, um, and then Andretti have been trying to buy their way in as well. Yeah. And as, I a, potential, as a potential 11th team, which personally I would think would be great but it would be me and, Toto, me and Toto Wolf clearly do not agree about that <laughs> I, I just don't see, yeah Toto Wolf reiterated like the last 24 hours the whole thing about well Andretti's a nice name but we'd have to know what they'd bring and I'm like wouldn't they bring more than Haas or uh currently Williams unfortunately I mean I god they're they how can you look at Andretti Autosport and go well I don't know if they really Considering they are the biggest team in motorsport that are across all multiple, um, yeah, they're in so many different series, so many different disciplines. That's the word I was looking for. They're in multiple dis- motorsport disciplines. Yeah, the only one they're not really in is in the F- is the FIA Formula One and its feeder series, but mm-hmm. everything else they're in. Yeah, so you know Formula E, um, well, IndyCar. They're worried about. They're not doing very well with IndyCar, but they are in IndyCar um, currently. Um, they're worried about having to divide the money up more. But, I mean, I think that the, the benefit would out... That's, the, that's a very short-term way of thinking to me, you know? Yeah, it is. But if you've got... That's always the case where you've got a, you know, a, a closed ecosystem and some, you know, with a, a certain set of money. But, you know, as the, as the budget caps come in and stuff, I don't... That's not really an argument that flies with me because they're all going to get at the same money anyway. So right, right, yeah. yeah. And it and it you know when you bring more value than you and that's what I think that's part of what Toto is saying is, do they bring more than they take away? And yeah, I mean it. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. They're not a brand like Audi or Porsche or whatever, but right. yeah, it would be, it would be great to see Andretti back in Formula Andretti name back in Formula One. Personally, as as a team as well, I think that would be great. So, do you want to have we? Do we want to cover like current standings any particular way, or you want to kind of work our way down through the? I guess we can just go in that order, right? And then say, well, let, let's work our way up. Let's start at the bottom, shall we? Okay. Yeah. Okay. With, uh, with Williams. Yep. Uh, 
They are dead, but they have scored points. They have three points. Three points, yeah, woohoo! Which is three more than last year. Mm. Um, so, uh, and they got uh, Nicholas Latifi back for his third year now. Um, I don't know why, be... but but yes, <laughs> yeah. they do. Uh, and uh, Alex Albon returning to Formula One with Williams, and who's a good driver? Good driver. I mean, that first race, uh, he scored points for them, and he did his uh, amazing. One of the things I do remember about Melbourne was him going virtually the full race on one set of tyres and pulling in like in the penultimate lap. And yes. that was only because of the rules that they had to do two, two sets of tyres. Otherwise, he'd have finished, I don't know, further up the points. That's but, incredible. Uh, yeah. yeah, everybody's like, is he? does he know? Does he know he's still on the same set of tyres? <laughs> At some point, somebody needs to tell him, Alex, you you got that. You, you, there's this rule, see? You have to change tyres, man. You can't just keep... You, I know you like where you are on the track. Track position's great, but you, it, your finish won't count oh, if you don't change. Yeah, tires. that was uh, Australia, wasn't it? It wasn't the first race; it was the third race, but it was oh, Australia. Oh gosh, they moved yeah. it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it yeah, used to be the first yeah. race. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, he scored uh, points for them twice, um, which is great. Uh, Latifi has not scored any points for them, so no. all, all three Shut points up. are all from Alex Albon. Um, it's great to see Alex Albon back. He's just signed again for another year. Um, with with Williams, and I think the team is starting to, even though the the bottom, I think the, the car is is better. Um, I think they suffered a bit from being a Mercedes partner because Mercedes got things a little wrong at the beginning of the season, and then yeah, that impacted the other Mercedes teams for sure. Um, so they don't have as much money, but I think they're heading in the right direction. I think their car's better. That yes, they're still at the back, but there is not as far off the back. You know, uh, maybe seven tenths a second off the back as opposed to last year when they were two to three seconds off the back. Um, the more competitive you see them in battles, the midfield, lower end of the midfield battles more. Um, so, you know, I think they're headed in the right direction, which is great to see, obviously. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, why they've still got Latifi, uh, they keep saying they don't, they don't need the money anymore because they've now got venture capital backing and stuff. So I can't see him being around next year, to be honest. You know, Nicholas Latifi might be the only driver in Formula One I've never heard speak. He just—they <laughs> never talk to him on the shows before the race or after the race. They never interview him. There's just never any reason that they go running over to him to say, "Nicholas, tell us about you know what did you see." <laughs> I've never—I've heard—I can tell you what everyone and the rest of them sound like, but not him. I've never heard him ever talk to him. Jenny Gao has never talked to him on the BBC <laughs> podcast. I mean, he's just never. It's sad. So, but Albon is a good driver, and I'm glad that he's back in Formula One because he kind of got done a little dirty with the way Red Bull kind of worked out. I mean, I'm glad because you know Checo is my favorite driver, and I'm glad he's with a good uh. competitive team. But I kind of hated it for Albon, and to a lesser degree, Gasly. It kind of worked out for Gasly. He ended up in a decent place. Yeah, so. yeah it did, and uh, it's great to see. You know that Alex seems to have a future at Williams too. It's not just going to be a one-off thing as well, which is great. So, yeah. But I know Gasly thinks he's going to work his way back to Red Bull, but I hate to tell him he's not going to drive for Red Bull. Again. No, I, I think he knows that. I think he knows. Yeah, that. it's <laughs> not. Gonna All right, who's next? Uh, so next up is oh, Aston Martin. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So I don't know what's going on with these guys. Um, I think they just took a comp- 
because these are all brand new cars for this season. And I think if any team got the new designs wrong, it's Aston Martin. I will say when it first came out, it looked it was a beautiful looking car, but oh, they yeah. seem to have gone completely the wrong direction in terms of uh, design philosophy compared to everybody else. And um, they, I mean, they got twenty points, so um, they're struggling um, at the back. You mentioned Lance Stroll. Um, actually. I have the list of drivers with the most overtakes so far in 2022, and it is in fact the two Aston Martin drivers. Yes, because they start so far back. <laughs> back, yes. There's nowhere to go but up, baby. So Stroll has done has 52 overtakes so far this season. Man, um, and Vettel 38. Um, so it, those are the two guys who are making the most overtakes. But the thing is. They're not getting, they're overtaking a lot of people starting at the back, but they're only getting to 11th, 12th, 13th place. <laughs> they're going from uh, 19th to 11th, which 11th. doesn't really accomplish anything. Yeah. 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 That's uh, but it is great to see them fighting. I mean, they seem to have no team orders. The two of them do, if you watch them at the back of the field, they do seem to. Um, and what well, was that race the other week when they basically separate, almost ran into the back of Stroll trying to take him on the line? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they do. They do seem to have a good inter-team battle going there. Who believes Sebastian Vettel, especially now that he's announced his retirement, but but even before then, who believes Sebastian Vettel was going to listen to any team orders? He, I mean, yeah, he's nah. he's not, he's such a free spirit <laughs> kind of rebel guy. And you know, I got to say, by the way, there's no Formula One driver that I have gone from like I put it this way: there there's drivers I really like. Like, like Checo, and to a lesser degree, Max, you know, and Lando Norris yeah. is very lovable. You know, I always said he's like a Muppet. You just want to pet him on the head. But, um, but I didn't really care for Sebastian Vettel when I first started watching back, you know, in 16. And then seeing him and Lewis battle a couple of times in like 17 and 18, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way that he was kind of ornery and petulant. But in the last two or three years, I've really come to like Sebastian Vettel's personality and him. I like I like him a lot more than probably. I've my estimation of him as a person has gone has increased more than any other driver. Does that make sense? It does. I, I'm with you a bit too. I mean, when he was at Red Bull and he was partnered with Mark Webber, we were always big Mark Webber fans in this house. So it, you know, he was you know didn't like some of the tricks that he pulled on Mark. Um, you know. The sort of things you do to be world, become a full-time world champion. I thought they were a bit off. Um, I, I sort of when he got to Ferrari and he started sort of giving, telling the Ferrari team bosses off on the radio yeah. and stuff. I started to to like him then. Um, and then yeah, a lot. Just I mean, I always remember what God knows how long ago it was when he was at Red Bull. But he turned up on Top Gear one time and did the, the their like laps in a low-priced car against the Stig type thing. <laughs> And he did this interview with Jeremy Clarkson, and he was hilarious. He was talking about how he was a big Monty Python fan, and he was doing all these, you know, and he sort of really came out of his shell. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, there's something there to this guy. Um, so I sort of started to like him from that. But, yeah, certainly over the last few years, you know, I, I, I sort of liked Scruffy Seb <laughs> yeah. with the unkept beard and the wild hair. Yeah. Um, and, of course, all his, his, his environmental um, mm-hmm. stuff. And um, I don't know if you know, but he turned upon a – political a bbc political forum show um around i think it was just before the british grand prix but anyway at some point this year he turned up on that 
against all these politicians and really held his own against all these professional politicians and actually ended up as the star of that show with what he was talking about, about the environment and the way the British economy was going. And he was so plugged in and it was like, this guy's got a really great career outside Formula One. Two, two other things that I've heard about him that I thought were interesting. One was they were saying, and I didn't see this, but I, I know it exists. I know it said on YouTube, but like they at like the YouTube channel asked the different drivers who were the other who were the champions of Formula Oh yeah, One. he was brilliant on that. He knew yeah. them all. Like other people are yeah. like this person uh uh and he's just like bang 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 bang. All right, that's one. Yeah. So he knew all the other yeah. champions. He knows this thing. The other thing is they were saying that um you know, when there's trouble with the car, some of the drivers go and sit in the lounge and drink or something. He was out there with a wrench getting greasy digging around in the car you know he wasn't he wasn't the last uh yeah the last grand prix uh he when he basically crashed the car in free practice three and then was working with the mechanics to get it ready to get out for q1 that's what one of the uh one of the tv commentators said that actually probably slowed the process down because the (laughs) mechanics know where all the tools are and stuff but it was it was you know but they appreciated the effort, you know. Right, that he was right. There. Yeah, yeah. The, the other thing about him, they said, was that he, um, he for fun, he he rebuilds old motorcycles. But he said he hasn't made any progress all these years because when he gets a, a little bit of free time to do it, he has to spend all that time figuring out where he left things, and then by the time he's ready to start, he's out of time again. So he's looking forward to having some time to working on his motorcycle. <laughs> That's good, yeah. That made yeah. me feel and good. I, I, I've heard nice stories of people here in Austin uh, coming across him, like out in the restaurants or mm-hmm. him just waving to people or even giving them Ferrari hats or even tickets to the Grand Prix or whatever. You oh, know, wow. he's, he, Yeah, he, he seems to be a nice guy. So, uh, awesome. yeah, it's been, it's, been, um, it's been a bit sad to see the, the Aston Martin thing not working out for him, really, and him struggling yeah. around at the back of the grid and, you know, struggling to qualify. Um, get out of Q3 each, each week, and then, as you said, sort of working his way up from sort of 19th to 11th. That's not really the way you wanted to see him leave. No, so, no. but no. it's kind of predictable in that team. Yeah. All right, next up, I believe, AlphaTauri? Yes, AlphaTauri. Um, I mean, 27th, 27th, not doing as well as I thought they would. No. Um, but interestingly, because it is a new car, they can't use any of last year's Red Bull bits like they normally do. Oh. Um, so I don't know whether that's in it had an impact. Um, Gasly seems to have not not be performing as he well. Sonoda's still making rookie mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really disappointed. Well, I still think it's one of the nicest looking cars on on the on the circuit, oh, yeah. but they just just don't seem to have clicked this year like they did last year. They're usually sixth or seventh. They're eighth this year. And I yeah. just, they, they, they had some, they finished in the points in six of the first eight races, but after race number eight, the last five, they've been terrible. Yeah. The last yeah. five, they haven't been anywhere. So it's like they've actually gotten worse relatively. Yeah. They've had a couple of, well, see, Gasly's had three retirements. Sonoda's had two, mm. um, including some, rookie mistakes unfortunately he seems to have calmed down a bit this year uh, personality wise but I don't know they just they just seem to not be performing at the level they should be I think no. Alpha Terry so. but they do have a nice line of very expensive clothing if you actually want to get on the cover of Vanity Fair I guess so that's that's <laughs> why they're not Toro Rosso anymore presumably yeah 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 um, so which brings us to number seven which is Haas which is Great to see Haas have 
off the bottom of the pack. Yeah, and they're not nine in or their ten. Fi- in there fighting the midfield battles. Um, yes. With, uh, as you said, the return of Kevin Magnussen, who just came out of the gate like a crazy thing, fifth in the first race. Um, points finishes um, in, what, five races now? Um, awesome. And yeah. I, I think a couple of times he's got caught out by damage or strategy calls um, that didn't work his way. Uh, certainly the last race, their strategy calls ended up wrong for both of them because they yeah. were up fighting around seventh and eighth, but they, they ended up getting dropped down because of a bad strategy call. But um, They got double points two of the last they four got, races. Yeah, so I think they, they've done uh, remarkably well, and uh, it's great to see them. And, of course, now they've brought in their uh, their upgrades, which makes them look a lot like a Ferrari. Um, where, and they are a sort of Ferrari-allied team, so that makes sense. Uh, sure. But, yeah, it's great to see Kevin Magnussen back um, driving the way he can. And Mick Schumacher, I'm a big fan of Mick Schumacher's, um, having watched him in Formula 3 and Formula 2. Normally, his second year is when he really comes out of his shell. It takes him about a year to get used to a new car series. And then usually second year he's fighting for championships. So I was expecting, to be honest, I was expecting more from him this year. Um, we got uh, a few races where he got in the points, which was great to see him score his first points. Um, and uh, Austria, he finished sixth, which was was excellent. Um, but it, we also had way too many very expensive crashes in the early to mid part of the season, which hopefully has calmed down. So I'm actually a little worried that Mick may not have a seat for next year. Uh, yeah, to be honest. he's he's the one that is kind of isn't it weird? I mean, I think he's the one that there's the most range. Like he could end up in a better team, or he could yeah. end up out of the sport. And there's you right now, we really don't know because um, because there are other people that could take that Haas seat, and there may not be anywhere for him to go if he does. You're right. Yeah, yeah. He, he could end up just sitting on the sidelines for a while, so which would be a shame because uh, I think he needs the consistency. Um, to build up to his true potential. Um, we've yeah. seen flashes of that potential this year, but not consistently enough. I think he needs another year at a team like us, to be honest. Yeah, he had two top 10 finishes in, in four weeks ago and three weeks ago. And um, yeah, had been getting better and better. Um, tell me this, what do you think Romain Grosjean is thinking? It, would he rather have one of those hot spots or is he happy in uh, Ryan? I think race? he's happiest in IndyCar. Yeah. Except for when he was running into his teammates, but we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, <laughs> yeah, Rossi, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, no, I think he's happy. I mean, I think he's happier in IndyCar. He's moved his family over here. I think he's uh, he's a na- he's a name in IndyCar. You know, he's he's starting most races in the top ten and finishing. What is he? Fourteenth in the points at the moment, but you know, as opposed to at the bottom. So yeah, I think he's happier in IndyCar. So. So we'll see what happens with Schumacher. It's going to be interesting just because there's just because there's so it's he, I, again I think he's in the most he's got the most possibilities of what could happen to him from bad to good, and we're just not going to know. Yeah, until I think it all checks out. Yeah, I think I think I said you know I doubt Latifi will be back next year, but I also think Mick's in a more precarious position. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so uh, I'm hoping that he will. I'm hoping that he will come back from the from the break, and we'll see more of the. the the potential that he has. So. That would be great. That would be great. So, kind of out of position, Alfa Romeo. Yeah. What's up with them? I mean, they've got two pretty good drivers, certainly, but uh, sixth place is sixth place because the others aren't doing as well, or is it on merit? I think it's on. I, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's a combination. I think it's on merit. I think they got a good car there. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, complete uh, 
transparency here my day job the company i work for in the day job sponsors alfa romeo ferrari so <laughs> that's right um they're the greatest <laughs> they're the greatest <laughs> uh, yes. um so uh, you know i think they've they've got a great car there a good car um i don't think it's like one of the top three or four cars but i think it's you know i think it's up there alongside the alpine mclaren and and uh you know in terms of potential of the chassis um valtteri botas i think is I would say he's actually driving the best he's, I've seen him drive in a long time. Yes, he's not scoring pole positions, but he doesn't have the car to do that. But he seems happy, seems relaxed. He seems to be enjoying being a team leader. Um, so, but the results are sort of a bit all over the place. They've had, you mentioned, I mean, they're one of the teams with the Ferrari engine. They've had reliability issues with the uh, with the engine uh, a few times, including the last race, if I remember, when... Um, Valtteri was in uh, was in a pretty good spot, and then we ended up um, pulling off like two laps from the end. Uh, I think he was classified twentieth, but he was up until that point running in the top ten. I mean, Valtteri's had a you know a good string of top ten finishes up until the last four races, and then it all yeah. seems to have gone off a bit. Um, Joe Gong Guanju, um, he's had a few retirements. The most spectacular one, of course, being at Silverstone uh, with that horrific crash that he miraculously walked away from. The car was flipped upside down, and oh yeah, oh gosh, uh, that was terrifying. Uh, filed off the roll hoop, and then ended up going into the catch fencing and getting jammed between two levels of catch fencing. Um, oh yeah, I mean, it was like everything had to go just a certain way for it to wind up like that, and it did. Yeah, yeah. And it was like you know, it's 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 like if you bounced a tennis ball and it went all the way across your yard and landed in a trash can. It had to just go exactly the right way, you know, and that's kind of what it did, and it was crazy. Yeah, it it was a horrific-looking crash, but thankfully he was uh, very well protected. Again, the halo proved its worth and proved me wrong. Uh, (laughs) I know I was against the introduction of the halo when they came, but they've saved so many lives in the last five or six years, or at least serious injuries, So, and that that one, I think, would have been horrific without the halo. So, um, Yeah, yeah. it would. but he's he's had a few retirements recently, um, and he's been a bit up and down. But it's he's you know he's the only rookie on the on the grid, um, so uh, I think he's got I think he's got he sh- again shows potential. Yeah. Um, so no, he I I'll, every time I see him, I think he's better than I thought he was going to be. I was wondering if like if is he like you know is he like the Chinese have gotten together and put their one guy there to kind of get the Chinese market and everything, but no, he seems to be a pretty, uh, well, yeah. Um, I mean, he did, uh, he did actually move to the UK. I think when he was about 10 or 11 to pursue his racing career and karting and stuff and went and, or as a teenager anyway, uh, uh moved to the UK and lived off somebody's couch. And while he was ca- oh, wow. learning to cat, do karting and stuff. So he's, he's, uh, Earned his spurs in the junior categories, pretty much like the rest of the guys on the grid. So I'll give him that. He's, uh, you know, obviously mm-hmm. this does come with Chinese backing, but uh, you know he's he's there on merit. Um, they just so got to, and, he, and he's showing that. So. Yeah, yeah. They just got to figure out what's because they were doing they were doing great. They were yeah. like they had one of them at least had gotten in the points in almost every race through Canada. And then they had a double retirement in 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 great in Britain at Silverstone, and after that double retirement, they haven't had any points at all. Yeah, they've fallen off. So who knows? Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. So, but uh. all right, all right, uh, which brings us bring, blah, 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 brings, brings us to, to McLaren top five. Which clearly, yeah. it's not e- clearly not easy for me to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, my good friends in in Woking. Um, 
been a McLaren fan for many, many years. Well, you um, know what they say, get woking, go broking. Oh, very good. Sorry, sorry, um, sorry. sorry. I, but, but I'm curious to see what you have to say about McLaren because I think we all expected them to be fighting Mercedes this year for third, and instead they're behind Alpine. So what's going on? You can tell us what's going on with that. Um, yeah, it was interesting because testing, it looked like they were the only one of the the only team that had really clicked the new ground effects and were the only team that wasn't having the porpoising problem and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know, uh, and it's been reported, that they started work on the 2023 car earlier than probably anybody else and pretty much decided that they were going to stop work on the 2022 car mm. or major work. But there has been some visual upgrades, but not major ones. Um, it's an interesting situation because I think the car has potential but I think Lando is driving beyond the car's potential. Yeah. I think he is flattering the car, and Daniel clearly is the exact opposite um, and is floundering in the car. Oh. So it's very difficult to figure out where the chassis is actually fitting in terms of speed and handling. Um, yeah. Because I actually think Lando has done an amazing job this year, like a bit like he did last year. I, I think um, he is one of the more underrated pure drivers in the entire field. I think he, as much credit as he does get, I think you put Lando Norris in one of the top cars and he could challenge Max. I really think that. Yeah, I mean, what, 10 top points finishes, one podium, one retirement. So, yeah, there's only been mm. two races where he's finished out of the points. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, as opposed to Daniel, who has finished in the points one, two, three, four times. I'm telling you, the worst thing for Daniel Ricciardo, other than his string of how things have been going for him, is having Lando as his partner. Because Lando just makes him look even worse. I mean, he's not doing good to begin with, Daniel didn't. But having Lando there doing even better just makes him seem even worse by comparison, I think. Which makes me wonder whether the car is actually more at Daniel's level. And Lando is just really pushing the car beyond or he's driving way above where the car should be yeah um but well, we'll uh, find out next year maybe that's what we're going to get to in a minute right and we talk about the silly yeah. season oh, we'll we got some time. yeah yeah um and then we have just above them only four points above them alpine yep. uh renault um i think they're in fourth position because of fernando yeah um, <laughs> um to see this way this guy is racing at 41 years of age um is just amazing. Um, the race craft that comes out, I mean, there was that race a few weeks ago where somebody, I think it was when the McLarens were chasing him and somebody on the pit wall said to Fernando, you know, oh, Lando's getting closer. You need to you need to speed up. And he's like, no, no, I'll stay at this speed and let them ruin their tires while they try and catch me. <laughs> um, you know, give them that hope that they can catch me and let them ruin their tires while they're, they're pushing to catch me. His race craft, um, he's wagging a finger at Sonoda as he goes around the outside of him at 200 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> again, somebody else who I think he's taking that car and driving way above uh, what the car is capable of. I mean, Ocon, is the, the young teammate, is doing pretty well. Um, he's two spots you know. above him, actually. But He's two you, spots above him in the championship, yeah. But, yeah, if, because, you, but if you look at the trend lines... Uh, it's mainly because Ocon had some top ten finishes when when Fernando retired early on. Yeah. In the in the second half of the first half of the season, so to speak, I think it's been more Fernando. Yeah, it swung Fernando's way in the last, yeah. I'd say, ten races or so, or nine, eight, mm-hmm. nine races. It swung Fernando's way. Right. Consistent top ten finishes. Um, yeah, I think the car is a you know 
it's probably a car that should be in sort of seventh or eighth place. And I know he's had like a sixth and a fifth and a couple of sevenths. So, you know, I think Fernando's doing that. I mean, there was that shot at Silverstone when I know Sykes was out front, but um, the battle for third place, there was five different drivers from five different teams in there fighting for third place. And Fernando was in, in there mixing it up with everybody else. Um, so, you know, with the Mercedes and the McLarens and the, you know, um, there have yeah. been races this year. He's had like the fastest car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not always in the corners or whatever, but in straight line or whatever. There have been races where he was out there like going faster than any. And didn't he? Didn't he? He didn't get the pole, but didn't he like qualify second or something one race? Third, third in the wet. Yes, uh, Canada was it? Yeah. yeah. So good gosh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just a joy to watch him out there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see who's up next. Would be Alpine. Oh, we did Alpine. Al- Mercedes. Ah, yes. Mercedes. Mercedes. Yeah. Um, third. Um, they completely get interesting with it being a brand new car. If you thought anybody would come out having cracked the regulations, it would for a new car. It would be Mercedes, but they seem to have got it completely wrong um, <laughs> at the beginning. At the beginning, because they seem to have the worst porpoising. Uh, by the way, the porpoising is basically when the uh, the airflow underneath the car sort of sucks it down and then detaches and the car bounces up and then it sucks it down again and it bounces and they end up bouncing going down the straights. And you can see it on some of the in-car camera shots, the driver's heads are bouncing up and down like a little bubble head um, mm-hmm. uh, and banging uh, on the on the side of the cockpits and stuff, which must be really disorientating and give them horrible headaches and stuff. Um, and Mercedes seem to have the worst of that. Um, you could actually hear it. You could hear the car bottoming oh, yeah. out on certain straights. Um, but they've stuck to their sort of minimal side pod design. Every, a lot of people have gone for larger side pods with the reintroduction of ground defect. They've gone for a very minimal side pod design. They've stuck with that. They seem to have sh- straightened up and strengthened the floor a bit more. So they seem to be getting on top of it in the last sort of several races. And the results are coming with that, I think. Um, and as we said earlier on, I think they're up there in a large extent because of George's Mr. Consistency uh, being in the top five in every race bar one. And the only reason he didn't finish that one is because he stopped to help Joe Guanju out of his car. And had to retire. And had to retire because the marshals took his car away. <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. Well, all right. Well, let me, I'm glad you said that. Let me, let me give you another trend. All right. Here's a quick okay. trend. Because Ferrari are still ahead of Mercedes in in manufacturers in points, but not by a lot. No, by about 30 points or something like that. And here's the reason why Ferrari is ahead, because Ferrari's won four races, and they finished second several times and all that. Okay. Uh, Mercedes haven't won anything. But, but, other than that retirement where they took his car away, George's car away, they've only had one of their drivers in one race finish out of the points. Yeah. There's consistency. All season. One race other than that. So two total yeah. by one two 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 drivers in two races total finish outside of the points. And not only that, at the you know the first part of the season they were four they were uh 3 and 4, 5 and 10, 3 and 4, 4 and 13, 5 and 6, whatever, 5 and 8. In the last few races, they've been third and fourth, third and fourth, third retired, third and fourth, and then, oh, are they going to go back down again? No, two and three, two and three. So they've even jumped Ferrari for the two podium places the last two races. 
Yeah. And you keep you keep doing that, you're going to finish second, and you're not that far out of first. They're going to win. They're going to win a race or a couple of races before the season's out. I'm sure of it. Oh, absolutely. And and yeah. the thing too is, it's it's not. It's not like with most of these teams where one guy is clearly dominant over the other. One week Lewis is better, one week George is better, and it kind of bounces back and forth. You know what I mean? It's like usually it's like every week one of them's in like the top three or four, and one of them's just a couple of spots behind. But it but it changes around. It's not like Lando and Ricardo or or Max yeah. and Checo. It's there, you know, there. So that's that is consistency. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. And uh, I, I'm actually amazing that actually George is actually the more consistent finisher than Lewis too. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I didn't see any of that coming, honestly. Didn't. And he's uh, George is in fourth. Lewis is in sixth. Yeah. Although they are separated by twelve points. So that could change fairly quickly. It so. sure could. How about that? All right. Uh, and then we come to uh, Ferrari. Ferrari. Mm. Who I. Feast or famine? Feast or famine Ferrari? Feast or famine, weird strategy calls, <laughs> weird tire management. Quote, unquote, strategy calls, if that's what you want to call uh, them, yeah. I mean, you know, when, when they tell Carlos Sainz to pit in the middle of a battle with Checo and he's screaming down the radio, not now, not now. Um, you know, um, they leave Charles out in, at Silverstone and he loses a potential leader, right, that... Carlos got it, but um, they've done they've done Charles so wrong so many times. They, they have, but he's done himself so wrong he too. I mean, to. he needs to. He need what did you, was the quote I saw the other day? He stopped needs to stop driving at ninety nine percent for a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Because he that leads to things like his recent thing when he threw away the lead with an unassisted spin on his own. Oh my uh, gosh! But he also needs to be more like Lewis and know when to say no, guys. I don't think we should do that. Yeah, because he yeah. kind of trusts. I think he's learning, <laughs> but yeah. he kind of trusts the people in Ferrari there to make the right call. Signs has already kind of figured it out, right? But Charles is yeah. There's still, a couple of times Signs has said, "No, I'm not coming in, or we're no, not doing it. this, guys. We're not doing yeah. that here." Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. The the. What's going on on the Ferrari pit wall? I, I do, don't know. I think the uh, the best team player on the Red Bull team at the moment is the Ferrari strategist. Um, yeah, they've had they Ferrari had two drivers on the podium th- uh, in the first two races and in Miami. After yeah. Miami, after Miami, there have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight races, and at none of those eight races have they had two guys on the podium. Never. And they've, they've had one, two, three, four, five retirements in those eight. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I was looking at somebody else. Uh, well, they've had seven overall, so, yeah, that's ridiculous. It's hard to yeah. win anything when you when you retire yeah. seven times. Yeah. I don't so. think anybody else has seven retirements. There's a couple that are close, but I don't think anybody else has seven. No. And, uh, and, and they're all for different things, too. I mean, we've had – and then even not retirement, but then Charles – Struggling to the end with throttle sticking problems. Uh, we've had spin-offs. We've had um, we've had a couple of meltdowns and a, a, a literal meltdown with Sainz's car catching fire. Um, so yeah, it's it's been it's been a baffling season for Ferrari because every, a lot of people tipped them for the championship right at the, at the beginning before the season started. They've got a great looking car. It seems fast car seems to be performing well when it performs, but uh, just seems to be fragile. Um, so. 
And then we come to Red Bull. Red Bull. Um, as we said at the beginning, didn't expect them to be this dominant. And I don't think they expected to be this dominant early on. No, after um, that first race, it didn't look like they were going to be. They they, no. they finished 18th and 19th of the first race. Woo! Um, but uh, Sergio with Checo, um, Sergio Perez, Checo, uh, being a great wingman generally. Uh, yeah. I know, I know there was a couple of comments made in the last couple of races that he was sort of dozing up, but I don't think so. Um, he's the right guy, I think, to be Max's partner. He knows he knows what to do. He's a good team player. Um, he can be fast when he needs to be. He can step up and win races. I mean, Monaco, he played Monaco beautifully to win that race. Yeah, he did. Um, so, uh, you know, I think uh, he's the right number two. And then Max, I think he's just so relaxed. He doesn't have to fight for a championship. He's won one. He's played the long game. Um, we've seen fewer stupid mistakes. And even when he made a mistake, like in the last race, when he did a 360 spin. And he still won. Still, still won. Uh, you know. Um, you know what? He seems a lot more relaxed now. He does, yeah. He seems like a different person. It The last couple of years when they would interview him, even after a race where he did well, he seemed kind of like stressed and agitated and defensive. And now he's just so... He's just like Zen. He's just, yeah. even when things go bad, he's like, eh, you know, we're going to fix this and that, and it'll be okay. We're going to get a good, you know. He just seems like a different person. And I wanted to point out about Checo real quick. Checo won in Monaco, which that's a, that's an accomplishment yeah, yeah. for a lifetime right yeah. there. But he also has finished second five times, which is awesome. Yeah. So uh, he's been on the podium a total of six times this year, which is not too bad. So, um, yeah. yeah, if he yeah. hadn't had those so- retirements, then he'd be in good shape. So I have here the the average finishing positions for everybody so far this season. Okay. Yeah. So unsurprisingly, Verstappen no, is top of the list with an average finishing position of one point eight two. Checo is second. All right. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Checo is second with two point eight. Okay. Sainz two point eight nine. Ooh. Leclerc three point two. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, George Russell, 3.83. And then a little bit of a jump to Hamilton at 5.08. Yeah, because earlier in the season, he was finishing 10th and 13th yeah. and whatever. But now yeah. he's, the last several weeks, Alan, he's been 4 3 3 3 2 2. I mean, that's, yeah. that's yeah, he, the right he, direction. He's back on song. Yeah, he's heading the right way. Then Lando Norris, uh, mm-hmm. 7.83. Uh, Ocon, 8.25. Botas 8.40, and Alonso 8.9. So those guys are pretty close between Botas and the two Alpine guys. Um, and Vettel with a 10.44. Hmm. Gasly, an average position of ele- finishing position of 11th. It's interesting how this is different from their standings by a little yeah, bit. Yeah, by a little, yeah. yeah. Ricardo with an average finishing position of 11.67. That seems high. Yeah, okay. What is he in the championship? He's 12th, so that's eh, about where he... The biggest difference is Stroll's average finishing position is 12.08. And yet he's 8. He's 8. He's 8 yeah. yeah. Uh, Magnussen, 12.10. That's crazy because Lance is 18th and Magnussen is 11th. He's 11th, yeah. Is ahead of, yeah. So Lance is ahead of him and has all those passes, and yet he's in 18th place because you just place, don't get yeah. more. If I mean, if you got points for like eleventh and twelfth, then Lance would be in a lot better shape. But he would know. be, yeah, because there's quite a few elevenths and twelfths and thirteenths yeah. in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, 
Joe Guanjin, uh, 12.13. Uh, Schumacher, 12.4. That's not Alex bad. Al- Alex Albon, 12.3, but he's actually down in 19th. But he's got a couple of mm-hmm. retirements against him and stuff. Um, Sonoda, 13.1. And then at the bottom, Latifi, 15.4. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you mentioned the overtakes, so I'll give you the rest of them. Because I mentioned Stroll and Vettel are the top two. That's crazy. So I've got the top 10. So drivers with the most overtakes so far in 2022. So we have Stroll, Vettel, Alex Albert, <laughs> George Russell, 34 overtakes. Okay. That's the first legit one, honestly, to me. Yeah. Uh, Ocon, 31. Hamilton, 28 overtakes. Gasly, 27. Latifi, 27 overtakes. So I guess if you if you're at the top of the chart, you're not really passing people that you're much. Not passing you're passing that many people already no. up there. Yeah. Uh, Botas twenty seven overtakes. I think Latifi though he overtakes people early on, and then they overtake him later on. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alonso twenty six overtakes. Um, Mick Schumacher twenty six. So. Hmm. But yeah, you think about it. It would be the guys at the back who are trying to push yeah. their way through. But, uh, yeah. And and it's the ones that are good, but end up out of place toward the back and have to pass. That's why I would have thought that. Like there's been a couple of times that Max or somebody else started kind of further back. I think Lewis had a race where he started way back because of a penalty or something, and he did, and, and it was in like nineteenth and yeah. then to the podium, and then Max was what tenth to a win and stuff. So yeah. So all right, uh, and I still feel like now that Lewis has started showing up on the podium, this is five weeks in a row to end the first half of the season that he ended up on the podium and went from third, third, third to second to second. I feel like Max is looking at him and Lewis is like, hey, remember me? I'm back. Well, did, did I see that the two of them now have the record for the most consistent pairing? Most It's got to be. Podium appearances as a pair is now Max and Lewis. I think at one point it was Max and Nico. Uh, sorry, Lewis and Nico, but I think it's now Lewis and Max have appeared on the podium together more than anybody at the other pairing. That would make sense for sure, yeah. <coughs> so. All right. I think that's all I had for Formula One, although we are going to talk about the... I was going to say, so let's talk about what's happening last, when there's been no racing. <sighs> oh, Lord. Well, so, it started before that, I think, but it's spilled over now, so... Uh, well, it was the last... It was the Hungarian Grand Prix, so it was during the last race, wasn't it? So mm-hmm. the weekend of the last race, the Hungarian Grand Prix, um, Sebastian Vettel went on, set himself up a social media platform, platform which he said he'd never do, <laughs> and did this wonderful little uh, black and white video where he basically sat down on a stool and announced that he was retiring from Formula One, um, which set everything else going because um, there was already negotiations underway. Apparently, Alpine were trying to resign. Fernando Alonso, and apparently on the Saturday night before the race, he told Alpine's bosses that he was hadn't signed for anybody else. But by Monday morning, he denounced. Well, he went on vacation and was supposedly away from his phone. Phone, which was even though he was posting things on Instagram, um, (laughs) and then Aston Martin released a press release saying that they'd signed Fernando Alonso to a multi-D year contract which apparently was the first time anybody at Alpine knew anything about it is when they saw the Aston Martin press release yes um so then uh, Alpine put out a press release saying they were promoting their reserve driver um to Oscar the Alpine Piastri yep Piastri yeah yeah Oscar um, Piastri to the to the race seat for 2023 and then about 2 hours later Piastri put a tweet out saying 
that went out without my permission, and I am not racing for Alpine next Which year. Which is exactly what happened with Alex with <laughs> Alex, Alex Pillow in IndyCar, Hello. and the there's a common thread, which is and McLaren. Common yeah. thread is that it looks like both Piastri and Pillow are both going to both be signed by McLaren, but that's not being officially announced. In either one. In either, in either one. one. Right. <gasps> Yeah, and they're uh, and the, and the the IndyCar one is going to federal court, maybe either state or federal, we don't know, but they're trying to get it in federal. Whereas we don't know what's going to happen to the. Oh no, no, they were talking today. Uh, Alpine said, "I'm looking quickly looking for it on Instagram," but they basically put a statement out said that they were going to take it to the high court because they had invested so much in Piastri's yes development development and bringing it up through the lower formula and giving him tests. Yeah. programs and running him in a car um, that they would their, they had their accountant looking up to see what that investment was so they could recover damages if it went to the high court now this is not there has been an occasion in the past where a contract dispute this happened with Jensen Button when he was at Honda and he re-signed from Williams and Honda were like no you're still our driver and that went to court and he ended up staying at Honda but I'm um so it, th- there is a precedent for this sort of thing happening, but I don't know. It's just weird. All right. Well, I, well here, there's, there's a couple of things. One is going to touch on Daniel Ricciardo that we haven't mentioned yet. We're going to get that in a oh, second. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Because um, apparently McLaren have told Ricciardo that his services would no longer be required next year. Which, But he had just gone and made a video saying, I will be at McLaren next year. So it just gets crazier and crazier. But the... Um, but the other thing is, it, it, it ends up looking like McLaren is trying to sign everybody, and where are they supposed to put them all? Because you ended up with McLaren having uh, Lando Norris, who isn't going anywhere, obviously, Daniel Ricciardo, who's still under contract for another year, Alex Pillow, who you know theoretically went to McLaren to try to get in the F1 team, and Piastri. You only got two seats, and now you got four drivers. So they're trying to get rid of Ricciardo, but they, that still leaves them with three. If, and Pato Award, who'd had an F1 test for them. Yeah. So recently I mean, as well. It, what is McLaren doing? Are they just trying to stock the bench and just have people sitting on the bench? Well, the the thing about the Polo thing, it didn't actually mention what series he would be driving no. for McLaren. No, but why would he leave an IndyCar as a champion to sit on the bench or to go to Formula E or whatever? Yeah, yeah. something like that. That's crazy. So, you know, I mean. I think that McLaren is using their Formula One team as a carrot to hang in front of drivers to say, hey, come drive for us in IndyCar or whatever, and maybe we'll get you into the Formula One team. And that's something that, for example, Ganassi or somebody can't do. And so it's, right. a, it's, it's a strong attractant. But then you can't, you can't have them all race, so somebody's going to get left out. It's like... It's like if the 49ers brought in six NFL quarterbacks, well, you can't all play. You know, somebody's going to be sitting on the bench. So it's it's crazy. And I mean, it's it is. Gonna, I mean, it's, they clearly want to build a, a pool of, of drivers yeah. across their different disciplines, but um, it just but seems a crazy way to go, go about it. And tick off everybody else. They're just throwing hand grenades in. And it, this actually could, and this takes us back to Schumacher, right? Because you could end up now with Daniel Ricciardo going back to Alpine, which when he was, you know, he was at Renault and yeah. he went to, so he could end up there. Um, there's also the possibility maybe that Mick Schumacher could end up at, at Alpine, maybe, if that is a maybe. seat, the possibility. You could end up having Daniel Ricciardo go to Haas or Williams. Right. 
So we really don't know how all these dominoes are going to fall. But it's but the parallel between what happened in IndyCar with Polo and what happened with Piastri in Formula One are uncanny until you realize the commonality in the whole equation is McLaren. Yeah, and I don't know whether it's somebody at McLaren looking at other people's contracts or how it's been done, but it, it does seem very strange. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. So. so we'll see. Yeah. Silliest, silliest season of all. So, yeah, there's still a lot of question marks over there. And the thing is, with how do you, how do you then focus? I mean, if you're Daniel Ricciardo, I mean, I know he's a professional sportsman and stuff, but how, how do you focus on the rest of the season yeah. if all this is going on around you? Um, you know, it, I, don't, I know there are professionals that can do this, but, you know, even how the, how the team reacts to somebody like Fernando for the, when they come back and it's like, well, okay, we know that he's leaving at the end of the year. We thought he was going to stay. I mean, that's bound to impact the relationship somewhat, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Oh, sure. I don't see how any of this isn't going to change the relationships. And, I mean, um, and, and you know, again, it, there's silly season going on in IndyCar. We're about to get an IndyCar real quick. But, um, you know, similar things going on there where a lot of drivers, they always have a lot of drivers. They have a lot of drivers move around way more in IndyCar than they do in Formula 1, it feels right. like. But there are a lot more drivers. Yeah. But um, but similar thing where Alexander Rossi's driving for Andretti, where he's having open warfare with at least one of his teammates, but at the same time he's getting ready to go to Arrow McLaren. So oh, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I, I I don't guess there's any chance that 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 Alex could end up in Formula One out of all this in the McLaren. I don't know the way they're all playing. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Musical like, chairs, you never know, you know. I feel like Rossi is the one McLaren driver that doesn't have a path to Formula One out of all this. Out know. of all these McLaren potential McLaren drivers, and it feels like there's like 75 of them at this point, I feel like <laughs> Rossi's the only one that's like, yeah, that's not me. You know, yeah. maybe Pato, maybe Polo, maybe been whoever. There, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah so. Yeah. Okay, so before we, we leave... Um, Formula One, I just want to talk about the new cars because we mentioned it a couple of times, but the, the, the new cars that they designed for this year have just produced some great racing. Um, some of oh, the best yes. I've seen. I know I, I, I've had a conversation with a couple of people who've been like, yeah, but it's still two teams out front and one guy dominating. And I'm like, yeah, but look at what's happening. Really, there should be two teams fighting for the championship and Mercedes is coming on, so you've got three now, so you've got six cars. But for sure, just look at what's happening behind them. The battle... For midfield is intense. The on-track action is great. To see the cars being able to follow this closely, overtake the way they are, um, and just some of the wheel-to-wheel battles. And like I mentioned at Silverstone, you know that battle of five different cars from five different teams all coming into the same corner together right at the end of the race. The racing is a lot closer. You look at the, the the spread of the field by the end of the race; it's a lot closer. So you know, I think whatever they set out to do with these new cars, they gone a long way to actually making that happen it'll be interesting to see how they develop going forward but uh, these new these this return to ground effects uh, mm-hmm. which is something that i've been wanting for many years i think is it was a was a great decision to make and you know yeah you have max winning a lot but it's not like the way lewis won where he just took off from the pole and left everybody and won how no, many times no. have how many times have max's wins been where he had to pass people you know, along the way, he had to fight for it. He's had to. He's had. To, he, he and Leclerc have been, you know, jockeying right, back and yeah. forth in multiple races. So it's not the same. Right, and Max has only had what one, two, three poles. Yeah, but eight wins. So yeah, 
It's, um, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Leclerc, Leclerc's had one, two, three, four, five, six poles and hardly mm-hmm. converted any of those into race wins. So, That's right. yeah, it's... Uh, very yeah. different. Very different. Very different. I think these new cars have, have really proved proved that. So. Oh, absolutely. It's been great. Couldn't have been better. Yeah. So, yeah. meanwhile, what's been going on over here on this side of the pond? Do you want to talk about IndyCar? Yeah, we'll talk about IndyCar. All um, right. So, I wanted to point out, this was supposed to be the final season of the 2.2-liter V6 twin-turbocharged engine that started back in 2012. They had a 2.4-liter V6 tw- uh, twin-turbocharged hybrid engine that was set to come in next year but it has been delayed by a year so that's going to complicate things like a new engine manufacturer probably kind of like what's the same thing happening in formula one things kind of get delayed by a year delayed by another year and we'll see what happens it'll mean that maybe the maybe the cars will get changed again they 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 changed the cars i think last in 2017 maybe to the current design So they've been this way for a while. IndyCar tends to kind of keep the same design longer than Formula One does. Uh, Yeah. Well, with it being a spec spec series, series. they're all sort of built to the same regs. Uh, Well, F1's all built to the same regs, but it's down to each team to develop. So, yeah, it tends to be a more stable platform, I guess. Yeah. 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 And I've loved this one. I think this, it took them a little bit to get used to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful car. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, and much better looking and just sportier looking than the ones they had before that that were very boxy. I hated those cars. Yeah. Um, yeah. So currently, Will Power only has won one race, and yet he's leading, and that says a lot. Because if you if you look at the standings in IndyCar, the thing that really jumps out is that this season it is all over the place. It is all over the place. There's nobody dominating. The lead has no. changed hands every week almost. There's like six or seven drivers currently that could still. Here's what's funny: Alexander Rossi, the first half of this season has been terrible for him until he's kind of gotten back in form, and he's he's in eighth place. He's the first yeah. driver that doesn't have a pretty clear shot at winning the championship. Out of the, you know, you have to get all the way down to him to go. Yeah, he's probably not going to win. The top seven, you could be like, I could see any one of those seven still winning. So, this is quite but a. Competitive- it is interesting though, like you said, it's there's been nobody. Dominant, maybe Newgarden a bit towards the last few races, but yeah, there's he's been won nobody four. Yeah, yeah, nobody really dominant, but it's the same veteran names that are coming to the top with a consistency. The guys who know how to read a race, run a race, run along. They're good on the fuel consumption, fuel management, and tire management. Uh, so it's Will Power and Scott Dixon mm-hmm. up at the, you know. And New Garden in fourth. Marcus Erickson is the real surprise, I think, because he won Indianapolis. That goes a long yeah, way. Yeah, so, doesn't Indy carry double points or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it's sort of a bit of an outlier. And it was it was great. His Indy car win was uh, his Indy five hundred win was was well deserved. But uh, yeah, I think he's a bit of the outlier in the sort of top. And then you've got Polo, who's the you know the defending, defending champion. champion. And then McLaughlin, who's the other Penske guy, so he's got a good setup and everything. And he's been doing pretty good. He's won two races. Um, the, my, my, this is going to sound weird. I want your thought on this. What, one of the things I've enjoyed about IndyCar the last several years is that they have, they don't have quite the production and the soap opera of formula one, but they have had some fun personalities and some clashes and everything. (laughs) Yeah. And to say the least with Rossi and and Grosjean and some others, but, um, I feel like some of the kind of cardboard cutout vanilla guys have been rising toward the top this year. And that depresses me because they're kind of boring. I mean, I'm referring to um, Erickson to a degree. I like Marcus Erickson, but he's kind of vanilla. It's kind of harder to get more vanilla than Marcus Erickson. Pelot you know, you know is boring. 
Pillow is boring and McLaughlin is boring. And when those three are up near the top, I just fall asleep, man. Really? Okay. Um, I like. For me, it's New Garden. Whenever New Garden wins again, I like. I, I never. I don't watch the podium ceremonies. I switch on. Uh, <laughs> he's a robot. Um, he's a he's a Pinsky built robot. Yeah. He, he's the Ameridroid. If if Ryan Hunter Ray is Captain America, New Garden is the Ameridroid. And like five <laughs> five comic book geeks out there will get that reference. But all right. That was that was a deep cut. That's a uh, deep cut, man. Uh, Marcus Ericsson, the thing is, Marcus Ericsson is so cheeky and fun on Instagram. I wish he would, was that way in his in his interviews. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He actually predicted like how it was going to play out or whatever, didn't he? In Formula One. He predicted the yeah, Formula did, yeah. One thing. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. No, I like him. Uh, I like him a lot. It's, but just some of these guys are very dull and they're just it, like, let's yeah, put it this way. I, if, I, I will say, I, I was impressed with Scott McLaughlin the first time I saw him when he came over a couple of years ago and did the. He's good. Uh, we still had it. Still had it. The uh, the uh, IndyCar uh, training sessions at Coda, uh, yeah. and was, which was the first time he'd been in the IndyCar, and he just blew everybody away. And he, he's really good. Um, and, and I like I like watching Alex Pillow race, but yeah, he's he, he doesn't have that personality. But just... uh, but I lo- I love what's going on with the Andretti team, with uh, basically the four of them bouncing <laughs> off each other, literally at times. <laughs> they are. Where all four of them managed to hit each other at some point during the race, didn't it's they? That's true, yes. Oh, I mean, yeah. okay, so we've talked before. We both like Alexander Rossi, but I think we also yeah. acknowledge that he's kind of abrasive. He's not the easiest guy to get along with. He's kind of sardonic and cynical and very, very dry. And then you put in somebody like Grosjean, who just basically tosses hand grenades left and right personally yeah. and when he drives and you just knew that was an explosion waiting to happen and it sure did finally when they started like trying to run each other off the road but other people just seem to have it in for roman as well i mean nashville oh. when he just it was it new garden just uh, was it new garden somebody just ran him into the wall on yes. uh, nashville over the weekend he gets so mad uh, too it's funny i yeah, liked him yeah. when he first came in but i've kind of he's kind of taken a heel turn and i'm enjoying that we need that <laughs> You, know you need I mean? a bad guy. It's you, like it, you, yeah. It's like if IndyCar drivers were were wrestlers, were pro wrestlers. He came in as kind of a face, right? He's the guy that survived the fire, and yay, we're giving uh, him a second it, chance. But he's taken a kind of a heel turn this season, and I'm there for it. I'm enjoying him being like the bad guy. I'm digging that. So, I we that's what IndyCar needs is more people that are willing to be like pro wrestlers and not a bunch of Penske suits. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what they yeah. need. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I, I always like watching to see how long it's going to take for Jimmy Johnson to spin out at the back yes. of the field. On his- oh, drink. Yeah, drinking game. Drink and drink a bottle of scotch when Jimmy Johnson spins. It, it, it's, uh, it's embarrassing. I mean, you know, the guy's a seven-time, seven-time NASCAR champion. He, he, yeah. can, he can drive a race car, but he's <laughs> clearly not getting to grips with IndyCar. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I well here's the thing that's interesting to me. Formula 1 is able to have their drivers presented and present them like they're all Penske drivers in the car, right? They're all like clean cut, you know what I mean? They Formula 1 presents them like corporate packages well put together, but they are then able to manufacture soap opera out of that somehow. That's a that's a, a narrow line to walk is to make them yeah. seem all respectable and good representative for their million-dollar corporate interests and yet have, like, little soap opera yeah, have going pers- on. have personality yeah. and friendships and that's, rivalries yeah. and stuff, yeah. That's a yeah. narrow cut. 
IndyCar doesn't need to do, well, Penske tries to do it, but the rest of them, you know, but yet, and so they need to lean into that. I really feel strong. They need to lean into that soap opera and they don't have enough of it. They just no, they don't. don't. No. No, they're, so. they're, they're all a bit interchangeable and forgettable and that's not the IndyCar I remember, right? You know, no. We need, the AJ, we need the AJ Foyts and we need the... <sighs> <laughs> well, that's why I like Rossi and I like Gro- Grosjean and, right. and some of these yeah. other guys. Uh, Colton Herter's, he's yeah, Colton Herter, uh, uh, Pato Award too. I mean, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, oh Pato's yeah. great. I tell you, one of the things I loved about Colton Herter. Did you hear him? You know, his dad is now his strategist on the radio. Yeah, yeah. And so when he when his strategist was was Barnhart or whoever, he had to be more like business like. But have you if you've been listening to some of Colton Herter's radio with his dad? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's it's like he's at home going, but dad, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. He's like, don't tell me that. Why are you saying it that way, dad? Come on, man, you got to do this. And and I, it just cracks me up because he he's he's like he knows his dad is the guy on the other end of the line, and he just talks to him like any teenager that's like has had it with my dad. You know what I mean? He's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it cracks me up. I'm not saying it's good, but it's entertaining, and that's what we need. We need stuff that's entertaining. So that's been cracking me up. So uh, what other? What else do we need to talk about in IndyCar? Um, well, the fact we're almost – I mean, the season's almost over. we got what, I know three it. races left. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. They, I don't know. The season seems to get shorter while the F1 season seems to get longer. It's, it does. It's crazy that we're in, we're, we're in the mid-season break for F1, but there's only three races of, of IndyCar left. That's unbelievable. Um, I, this is this is just a small thing. Well, it's a small. It's a big thing for me, but I hate the way that IndyCar names their races with the sponsors' things and leaves out the name of where where it the, is, where it is, the name of the track or the name of the town. I have literally no idea what this the next weekend next race is. Um. Yeah. I, where it is? Where it is? Should I say? Oh well, no. It's Gateway. It's. Uh, I know it's the. Oh, worldwide, is it your, is it your local one? Is it? It's okay. my local race. Yeah, it's the Worldwide Technologies Bomberito. But that's Bomberito. Yeah, it just says the, Bomberito Automotive Group Five Hundred. What? Where is that? I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. I had it backwards. It's the yeah. It's the Bomberito, and it's at Worldwide Technology. But Bomberito is the big car dealership in St. Louis. And Worldwide Technology is the sponsor of Gateway. So if right. you strip away all that stuff, you can get down to what it actually is. It's the it's the Gateway. It's the it's the race at Gateway. Yeah, the Oval. Yeah, it's our, you it's know, our the, triangle. After that, oval. It's the Grand Prix of Portland, and after that, it's the you know Laguna. Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. That's fine. That's <laughs> I know where those places are. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but um, and I know you've got to put in the sponsors' names and stuff. But can we at least? <laughs> On the IndyCar website, when you're looking at the schedule, at least let me know where the, the location is. At least is. Mid-Ohio is somewhere in Mid-Ohio, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What did you think of Nashville as a track, second year in a row, the Demolition Derby? Because I have been saying that the Nashville race is the Baku of IndyCar. Yeah, yeah. All I, they need I, is a castle. Oh, instead of the <laughs> Titan, st- instead of the Titan yeah. Stadium, they just have a castle there, and it would be the exact yeah. same race. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a demolition derby again. Um, Unbelievable. But a great, great run for the line at the end of it. I oh, mean- and dude, I was tweeting when Rossi and Herta were two laps down, dead last, right? 
Yeah. They both had incidents early on, and Rossi and Herta were two laps down on a track like that. You're done. You're over. You're not going to get even one lap back. And I started tweeting at David. I should have included you, but I tweeted at David Land and some other IndyCar people, and I said, I said, if they, if everybody ahead of Rossi and Herta keep crashing, it's going to end up being Rossi and Herta winning and getting second. And I was totally kidding. And they ended up fourth and fifth. <laughs> yeah. that tells, if that tells you anything about the carnage going on in Nashville, dudes that were in dead last in like 30th place, two laps down, ended up fourth and fifth. That is, yeah. I mean, Rossi almost got a podium being two laps down. Yeah, I do like that race. It's a good, fun race. It's like watching Baku. You never know what's going to happen. Yes, yes. Yeah, Yeah, Baku is the one in Formula One where, like, Gasly and Lando and Lance Stroll might be the podium. And you're like, what? But that's what's happened before, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So Yeah, I I mean, I'm looking for... I always enjoy the Portland race. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, Sure. So So you're not going to the... uh, the Bomarito Automotive Group 500 then at, at Worldwide Technologies, Technologies. Race <laughs> Gateway, and in and it's not even in St. Louis, and it's not even in Granite City. It's in like Madison or something. But anyway, yeah, I know exactly where it is. I used to drive past it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and by the way, my wife was just up in Iowa the week before the two Iowa races, and she drove by Newton and took a picture of the racetrack, and all you could really see was just like the light sticking up, so she couldn't really yeah. see anything. But. Um, no, I'm not going to be there this year because it was getting pretty expensive, and it's been so hot. The, we, yeah. we went we went in 17, 18, 19, and 20, I believe, and uh, or maybe not 20 because of COVID, but 21. We were we were there. We've been to four, and every time it was like 105 degrees on asphalt and metal bleachers, and we've just died. Yeah, and I'm like, you know. Yeah. It's, if it's yeah. going to be at the end of August every year, I just can't <laughs> can't do this. So I'm with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, it's just hot. Um, but I got a couple of factoids for this. Will Power uh, has now moved into um, second place all time polls behind maybe okay. either AJ Foyt or Andretti. I'm thinking, or is it or Michael Andretti? One one of them. Uh, but anyway, he's now second place all time in polls because he's good at getting pole. Okay. And, and uh, Scott Dixon has uh, is now second most wins after yeah, only just overtook, uh, huh? just overtook Mario Andretti. Yeah, he's now second yeah. to AJ Foyt. Yeah. Dixon's Dixon's got fifty three. Foyt's got sixty seven. So, do you think Dixon's got fourteen more race wins in him? I don't know. The guy's the guy's a metronome, and he seems to just not be slowing down or no. aging. He never. I mean, he doesn't look any older year year on year. Um, how much yeah, longer he might, will he go? He might do it. Hey, a couple more seasons. I don't know. Uh, he's. Yeah. I mean, Ganassi. I mean, I thought he was going to retire years ago, but he's still, <laughs> he still yeah. kicking in there. He is. So, who knows? I mean, he and Will Power, I thought, would probably be retiring sometime around now or the past couple mm-hmm. of years, but mm-hmm. they still keep ticking up. You know, keep going. And, you know, like Tony Kanaan and Helio Castro Nevis and. <laughs> Well, Pablo Montoya and these guys, uh, Takumo Sato, they just still going. Keep going, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. in their forties and then slowing down. No. Uh, the only other thing I had was just pointing out that Simon Pagano is no longer with Penske. He's gone to uh, Meyer Shank or whatever, I believe. And 
Scott McLaughlin is the third Penske car, and they're not going to have a fourth car anymore. So it's Newgarden, Power, and McLaughlin. And, okay. and Hinch, Hinchcliffe gone from Andretti. Devlin DeFrancesco is in. I guess he's going to take. Have they said who's going to have the 27 car? I guess Rossi's going to go over to to Arrow McLaren and not have the five. He would have, I guess, maybe the seven, the um, the Felix Rosenquist car. Yeah, maybe, yeah. So yeah. somebody's going to have the 27. Or are you going to have to just take the two off your jersey? And- <laughs> I, I I fussed at him a couple of years ago when I said I bought I spent all this money on the '98 and I had to go back and get a '27. He goes, "Yeah, I'm sorry about that." It, he pointed it at, uh, at uh, Marco Andretti and said it was his fault. <laughs> I was like, "What? What?" So now I have to get an orange and black jersey, which kind of annoys me. I I'm glad he's going to be a different team because I feel like I'm kind of done with him at Andretti. They've had too much bad luck, but um, yeah, I, I don't think he ever really gelled at Andretti. No. He had some uh, good runs there, but he. What's surprising to me about Rossi is how few races he's actually won. Right. You know, and he and only won since 2019. That was yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So. Yeah. Well, anything else about IndyCar? Uh, no, I, I, I will say I'm not really being gripped. Maybe it's because Formula One's been so good, but I've not really been gripped by this season. Right. Last year, last year it was like, yeah, I've got to watch the IndyCar races. Uh, much, you know, they're more exciting than the F1 races. This year, it seems to have flipped. Um, I've noticed this year with IndyCar, I've watched fewer races live and more. I'll watch the 30-minute recaps yeah. later in the, you know. Um, I understand that. Yeah, for sure. Well, the F1 races, I've got back to, I'm getting, I'm setting an alarm for 7 a.m. and I'm getting, I'm watching it live as opposed to, oh, I'll watch it later in the day. So, for sure. Um, well, yeah. But you know what? I think that that's going to change the last few races. I think that part of that has been that it's all over the. There hasn't been like a. a there hasn't been a, a theme. There hasn't been um, a story, re- really. But I. Think, yeah, you're right. There's no real story to watch. It's not like watching Alex Pillow. Oh, this you know, guys who's only been in it two years look like he's going to win the championship. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. But I think yeah. that's going to change now. Because the story's going to be that. The story's going to be it's anybody's ball game, and it's going to be more right. fun to see which of those six guys, seven guys can emerge. And I'm yeah. telling you what, I wouldn't have said this two weeks ago, but when you come down to the wire and Scott Dixon is in the mix, you better watch out. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up with the championship Unbelievable. Again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think Will Power knows that, too. <laughs> he better be looking over <laughs> his shoulder. I think so, yeah. Because, I mean, he has that... He's like the vision in the Avengers. He can go intangible, and things don't happen to him that happens to everybody around him. They just go right through him. Like that, the, the thing, it, was it Portland a couple of years ago where yeah, yeah, like he 10 cars piled up? Ten cars are totaled, and Scott just rolls right out of the pile. He's fine, and you're yeah. just like, what? Yeah, oh. that, was, that was Portland, yeah. yeah. Oh. He comes out covered in dust and goes on to take the He's win fine, of the championship. He's yeah. fine, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah so... All right. Well, yeah. I th- I think we'll I think I think that uh, IndyCar will get more interesting because we will have a storyline to follow, and the storyline again is that it's anybody's game, so that'll be pretty fun. And uh, and and Formula One actually might get a little less interesting because I think we already know what's going to happen more or less. Uh, yeah, but I think the the, the midfield fight's going to be you know is is Mercedes going to overtake Ferrari? Yeah. We have yeah. the mid midfield fight. You know, is Alpine. And McLaren and Alfa Romeo and stuff. So uh, you know, and then there's the whole thing about you know what's going to happen with all the drivers and all that sort of stuff going on. So uh, yeah, I think you know. So what do we got next? We got Belgium coming up. She's going to be Spa. Spa. If it's the the Ernst Blofeld Memorial Race. Yep. 
Yeah, and we got Netherlands, Italy, Singapore. Back at Singapore, that'd be interesting. Always fun. Japan. Um, yeah, it's Koda. always fun. Uh, Go to. I have, have our tickets for for the turn uh, 18, 19 grandstand. Nice. So we'll you go up in the that. tower? You ever go up in the tower? You will not get me up that tower. No way I would ever go up in that tower. <laughs> no way will no I go up that tower. No way. It looks too flimsy. Oh, no. I mean, it, 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 it's not that. It's just it's heights and that. Yeah. No, I, will not get me up there. I, I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of heights that look like they could suddenly become not height anymore. And that oh, thing no, looks it, like a... That's, that's a solid structure, but you would not get me up there. Nah. Uh, if it was a pyramid, I'd go up in it. But that stupid thing <laughs> just looks like it's waiting to go. So, no. Uh, then we got Mexico, Brazil, and then another Abu Dhabi. Um, yeah, Abu Dhabi so. do. Yeah. yeah. Well. So, still quite still quite a, quite a lot of uh, action to go on the Formula 1 front. And those are varied. There's night races there. There's the spa, big old track. There's Singapore, yeah, got, which is a city at night. And Japan. We've got some fast, fast classic tracks like uh, Monza and Spa. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. And then, yeah. of course, the Netherlands with 8 million tons of orange flares going off. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're all, all the Max Verstappen fans are going to have lung cancer in about 20 years, but I'm sure they think it's <laughs> worth it. So. All right. Okay. Any, any last well, thoughts? Was- are we good? No, I think looking forward to the rest of the season and the climax of the IndyCar season. And uh, I would say best may the best Max win, but I think he's going to. <laughs> I think he's going to. And we'll see what happens in IndyCar. going to be a lot of fun. Maybe maybe Rossi can jump over all of them. Who knows? You never know. So. You never know. You never know. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess the open wheel is going to get out of here for another episode. And uh, we are an irregular show at best, but we'll be back at the next time the spirit moves us and there's something to talk about. So thanks a bunch, Alan. All right. Cheers, man. This has been a White Rocket Entertainment production.